This episode is brought to you by my free What's Working Guide. If you want to download some tips on what is working right now in 2022 from both myself and other real-life indoor playground owners who are currently working to launch or grow their business, head to michellecaruana.com slash what's working, or simply click the link in the show notes or episode description. You'll get the free tips delivered right to your inbox. Download my What's Working Guide right now. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. In the last episode, I gave you all of my tips about when you should start scheduling your events and classes and camps and things like that for maximum revenue and also minimum risk to you as a business owner. And I started giving you some tips about how you can best promote these events and classes once you have them scheduled. So in today's episode, I'm going to keep giving you more tips about how you can start promoting these really inexpensively, but with a great impact to your business. So the first way that I'm going to recommend that you promote your event and class calendar is probably going to come as no surprise to you. And that is through blogging. Now, I've talked about blogging a lot on this podcast, and when I talk about blogging for events, I talk about it a little bit differently, and I'm going to give you some specific tips about how you can blog for your events to, again, get more sales. Now, when I'm blogging about events, I try to be really careful to not be too redundant. So what I mean by that is a lot of events that we have, like, for example, our puppy dog adoption party where we do little stuffed animal adoptions, our babies and brunch event, things like that. We do multiple of those events almost every single month, especially during our slow season. So I'm not going to write a blog about every single time we host this event. What I will do instead is I'll let it go three or four times of hosting that same event I'll compile pictures from throughout those three or four slots or events, and then I'll write one really high quality, longer length, so maybe 2,500 words as opposed to 500 words that some of the blog articles might be about. And I'll do one really long, high quality blog post with pictures from all of the various slots that we hosted for that event. And that will allow me to share as many families as possible. It will allow me to include as much information as possible. And It will, again, make sure that from all of this time and effort that I'm spending writing this blog, I get the maximum return on that time investment. Now, what I will recommend is when you're blogging about one specific event, a lot of people will think, oh, well, the call to action at the end of the blog should be to sign up for the next event that we host for this particular event. So let's say you're blogging about a babies and brunch. So your call to action, you might think would be to sign up for the next babies and brunch event. However, I found that this has not been the best way to include a call to action. And what I instead do is just include a link to our entire event calendar or our entire event page at the end of the blog post, because this ensures that you won't have to go back and update those links because 
if you stop doing this event or if you're linking to a specific time slot that isn't going to be good a month from now or six months from now or a year from now, if somebody goes back and finds that blog, they're not going to have any way of becoming a customer or booking that event because the link is not going to work and it's going to create a lot of rework for you. So what I would do for the call to action, even if you're blogging about one specific event, is to include a link to your entire event calendar and not make it event specific. And I aim to blog about an event usually like once per month because some of my other blog slots are taken up by birthday parties and memberships and our other revenue streams, all of those social media content pillars that we talked about in a previous lesson. So I would aim for one event blog per month and be sure to download my blogging checklist where I talk about how to get the most impact from every single blog you write. And for these blogs specifically, when you're blogging about events, make sure you're including your keywords like event for toddlers in Buffalo, New York, or here's a great idea or a great example of an event for babies that took place in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Now you want to make sure that you're not keyword stuffing in that you're not just throwing these keywords for the sake of throwing them in there because Google is smart enough to recognize that and they're smart enough to penalize your content for quote unquote keyword stuffing. You want to make sure you are including these keywords in your blog post really naturally and organically, but also really intentionally. And this is honestly an art and a science and you just have to get used to it. And I promise you it comes more naturally with time. So to make sure that you're doing all of this correctly and getting the biggest search engine optimization benefits from your blogs, again, download my blogging checklist. It is linked in the show notes of this episode, but make sure you're including your keywords naturally in your blog title and also throughout the post. And this is a perfect example of something that you can outsource to your team, especially if you're having your team execute these events, they're probably going to be the best persons to write it. So what I would recommend is have them get a couple either sound bites or quotes or something like that from guests at the event, have them take photos, have them make sure that they're handing out photo releases or that your photo release is part of your waiver. That's typically something I recommend to my students inside of Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society. Just add a photo release clause to your waiver so that you don't even have to think about it. But assuming that you have a photo release for your event, make sure that your employees are not just, you know, kind of background in the event and cleaning up and setting up and things like that. Make sure that they're taking pictures, not just of the decorations or the activity setup or things like that. Make sure they're taking pictures of the kids enjoying the event and the parents. And like I said, getting some quotes that they can include throughout the blog post, because the whole point of the blog post isn't just for your business to show up in search engines. It's also to convince people like, hey, this event is worth my family scheduling two hours on a Saturday to do. It's worth $25 per event ticket. The more that you can convey that quality and that experience through a blog post with pictures and words and quotes and things like that, the better. And the more it's going to convert into actual sales. So again, blog about your events, make sure you're including keywords, make sure you're including really high quality pictures and outsource it to your team. At least have them write 80% of it in a Google doc, and then you can take it from 80% to 100% completed. And that's going to save you hours and it's going to save you a ton of mental and physical energy and time. So this is a perfect example of something to outsource to your team. The next way that you can promote your events is through a retargeting ad. 
So this is something that we're learning right now in my book more birthdays with ads course, but something that I always recommend for indoor playgrounds that do classes or events is to run a retargeting ad just to a warm audience. Now, depending on your budget and the size of your email list and the size of your following, you can either run an ad to your social media engagers, to your email list, or even to people that have previously booked an event or visited your events page. And this is just to stay top of mind with your events and remind people that, hey, you somehow showed interest in our business or in our events in the past. Here's a brand new look at our upcoming events. And I usually recommend doing a carousel type ad for events because you can add up to 10 different pictures. And if you select that the best performing picture should always be in the front. The ad looks fresh every single time it appears in somebody's newsfeed. So again, if you're a little bit lost when I'm talking about retargeting ads or carousel ads, all of my Facebook ad resources and information and tutorials are also linked in the show notes of this episode. So similar to the call to action for a blog, even if it's about a specific event, I always recommend having your retargeting ad point not to one specific event because that's a really myopic way to promote. Instead, I would send it to your entire event calendar because if somebody is really interested in, let's say, one specific Babies and Brunch event and they click that call to action on the ad and they're like, oh, well, you know what? I already have something that day. That's the end of the road for them, right? You're not giving them any other options. But if you send them to your event calendar, they have a ton of different options to choose from. They have different dates. They have different time slots. If that event turns out after they read the the description not to be best for their family, they have tons of other events to choose from. So when you're doing a retargeting ad, I always recommend having this run just in the background of your business 24-7, not having it tied to one specific event because Trust me, every single time that I have tried to promote one specific event or anytime I've seen another indoor playground owner try to run an ad for one specific event, a lot of times it's kind of like a last-ditch effort and Facebook just doesn't have enough time to optimize that ad. People don't have enough time to see it and it usually doesn't result in a huge boost in sales, unfortunately. So I typically recommend instead, again, doing a retargeting ad that just runs in the background of your business to your warm audience all the time and sending them to your entire event calendar or your entire event or classes page. Now, this can be done, especially if you're just promoting this ad to your email list or people who have previously viewed your event page. You can spend just a dollar a day and have this be a really effective Facebook and Instagram ad strategy in your business. Now, I typically recommend going in and refreshing either the copy or the headline every single month or every single season. So even though that event link is always going to work year round, I will typically go in and instead of saying, you know, now booking winter winter events or holiday events just released, if we're now going into the winter or the spring, I'll go in and I'll just change the seasonality a little bit and I'll say, new spring events just released, or check out our brand new summer camps just released or something like that. So even though they're technically quote unquote evergreen ads, meaning they just run in the background of your business, I do like to go in and refresh the copy and the headline every month or every season. All right. The next way that you can promote your events is do a weekly event roundup email. So if you have your email list segmented, like we talked about in episode two of this podcast, you can actually send age-specific events 
to the different people on your list to ensure that it's something that they're interested in based on how you segmented them at the beginning of your welcome sequence. But if you want to keep this really simple, what I would recommend is just schedule an email or have your team do this every single week and just give them an outlook of the next month's, say a rolling 30 days event. So even though you're sending this every single week, it might seem repetitive that, you know, if somebody opens every single weekly email, they're going to see that same event a couple different times. I promise you it's okay to remind people that that event is still available to purchase tickets for. So again, you can do this segmented or you can keep it simple because sometimes people have multiple children in different age groups. So even if they're segmented technically in your toddler list, they could also be interested in preschool or school age events. So you can keep it simple here, but I would send out one email every single week, just giving them an outlook of the next 30 days events, just to stay top of mind and remind them that again, they can book tickets and emails are something that don't cost money, especially if you are using something like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign. Some email service providers will charge based on the number of sends you do. So I typically don't recommend any of those, but assuming that you're using an email service provider where you just pay one monthly fee, you typically won't have to pay per send. So this is a really easy way to get in front of a lot of customers who have already signed up for your email list. So they're clearly interested in your business. So make sure you're sending at least one email about events every single week, because again, I've said it in so many different episodes on this podcast, email marketing was the number one secret sauce to my indoor playground business and making sure that our parties, events, classes, camps stayed booked because we were very consistent, not only getting people to sign up for our email list, but also staying in their inbox consistently. So please, if you take one thing away from this episode, send at least one email with your events every single week. Now, I also recommend posting on social media. And the way that I've seen this be most effective is to create an actual event for the class or for the event that's coming up. So a lot of people will just share a link to their booking page. But again, we all know how Facebook and Instagram's algorithm works by now, especially if you've been following my YouTube channel or listening to this podcast. So Facebook is really incentivized and really motivated to keep users on the app. So any post that has a link or anything like that, they're going to show it to people, but it's not going to get as big of an organic reach as something that keeps people on the app. So an event is something that Facebook loves to promote because they see it as very social. They see it as very community building and all people have to do in order to get reminded to actually attend or purchase tickets for that event is to click maybe or click RSVP as going. So I always recommend, again, this is something that you can outsource to your team. Just create an event on your Facebook page, copy and paste what you have for your event description on your website. And for the event information or the event link or things like that, put the actual ticket purchase link. So you're putting the ticket purchase link in the event description and in the link area so that people can actually, once they RSVP, you can actually remind them to purchase tickets so that they can actually be a be on the guest list. So again, events are so easy to share and they really pick up steam when it comes to getting a lot of organic reach. So again, have your team manage this. It's very, very easy. This is something that is really simple to create a standard operating procedure for so that you can make sure that it's being done consistently and correctly every single time. 
Now, I recommend always using an eye-catching photo of an event in your space or something like that. Don't use stock photos or design a really nice eye-catching photo in Canva, but don't use stock photos. So again, create an event, make sure that you include the ticket link and make sure you include any event details and descriptions and make sure you just share that event on your page multiple times, honestly, as often as possible so that people have multiple times to see it, RSVP and share it and encourage people to share it as well. Now, the last thing that I wanted to mention is to consider having affiliates or referral codes for your events. Now, for some booking softwares like Occasion, if somebody shares a link, you can check a little box in your admin portal and say, hey, if somebody shares their event link, so for example, if somebody books an event in Occasion in their confirmation email, they get a referral link. And again, you can check a little box in your admin portal that says, if somebody shares their referral link and they get three people to sign up for their event, their event ticket either gets refunded to them or they get credit for a future event. Now, this can get a little bit tricky to track, especially if it's not something that your event booking software has natively, but it is something that I wanted to mention. We never got a huge amount of traction when it came to event referral codes. We definitely did when it came to parties and memberships, but I did want to mention that you can encourage people to invite their friends or do a buy one, get one sale or have referral codes or something like that. But again, this is just to get your wheels turning. It is more of an advanced strategy, but it is something, like I said, that I wanted to mention. And just remember, it is never too early to start scheduling events, to start running that retargeting ad, because again, it's just going directly to to your full event page. It's just an ad that runs in the background of your business and is just generating new sales for you all the time even while you rest and focus on other things. So it's never too early to create your events on social media. The earlier you create your events on your Facebook page, I promise you the more traction you will get for it. So just make it part of your event scheduling process. After you schedule that event on your website, immediately hop into Facebook and create that event. And then just make it a point, put it in Asana, put it on your checklist to make sure that you're sharing that the link to that event in Facebook every single week or a couple times a week if you're leading up to it. And it's never too early to start emailing about events. Again, the longer the runway, the greater the launch. The earlier you start talking about and promoting every single event, class, and camp, the better results that you're going to get and the less you're going to feel like you're talking about it too much on social media. So I promise you it is never too early. And as I mentioned in the last episode, in-store signage and training your employees about how to talk to people and how to promote events effectively is another great way. So again, if you missed uh, the last episode, go back and listen to it. So your play of the day today is choose one of these five tips and put it into action. Start creating a plan. Start creating that standard operating procedure about how to create an event on your Facebook page about how to schedule an event on your website and then immediately go onto social, about how to execute that weekly roundup event email. But just pick one of these five tips that really seems easy for you to put into action right away and make it happen this week. If you're paying money or time to drive people to your event page, it will give you the most benefit and return on your investment if you have months of events to choose from in case someone is not available for the event that they were interested in. So I just wanted to remind you that if you're already boosting posts or spending time promoting your event page, having multiple 
month's worth of events there when people arrive is going to give you the biggest impact and allow you to generate the most revenue from your sale. So pick one and put it into action today or at least this week. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I can't wait for the rest of the episodes. And I can't wait to see what you guys plan in terms of events and classes for the spring and summer. See you guys tomorrow.